everybody. So today is going to be my January wrap up. I know everyone jokes about January being super long and it really does feel really long. I don't know. I think it's because like December feels short because you're anticipating Christmas and New Year's and then January by comparison feels really long, I think. Um, And then like November is shorter than December. So I think it just like there's like a buildup. And everybody is just like getting through January, but everybody always jokes about January being forever long. And, um, I was like, it's cool. Cause I'm still fucking killing all these books. I read 17 books this month, which is so many, especially considering I did a lot of physical reading. Um, and that is not something that I typically do. I did make a joke. Uh, I posted pictures of Thomas and I was like the 500 days of January or something like the 500 days of summer. Um, but that's because I just wanted to join in on the fun. But overall, I was not disappointed that the month was long because I was like, this is great. And then also like knowing that February has 29 days, I'm like already on board for like reading really good in February because of that. So um, last year in January, I tried to do a challenge where I read a book every day. I listened to an audiobook every day or whatever. I think it was audiobook every day. And then I ended up reading like 33 books, I think. So I think I read... Um, I think I missed a couple days of the audiobook because it was really hard. And then I also read a couple of books um, in other forms and that was how I got it. So I think 17 when I'm not, I wasn't trying. I was just, I had an audio, a physical and an ebook going at all times and I just was chugging along. Um, I'm working on my TikTok. I think I'm always working on watching TikToks. Um, and I started walking on the treadmill again and that really helps because I like limit myself to only watching TikTok when I'm walking and that really helps. Um, and so then I read the problem is, is like when I lay down, if I'm not being stimulated visually, I'm going to fall asleep. Like I cannot lay down and read because it makes me tired. So, um, and like the idea of it being January and freezing, I just want to be cozy in my bed and laying down and I don't want to be sitting like in the living room, just like reading on the couch. Like that's just not the vibe. Uh, I want to be snuggled up in my bed reading and I just immediately want to fall asleep. So I like almost don't want to read when I'm laying down because it's like, I'm not going to end up reading. I'm just going to fall asleep. And I'm like, if I'm just going to fall asleep, then I'd rather like scroll on TikTok or something like that. So, um, I don't know. I haven't really found a good rhythm yet necessarily, but I feel like I just did a really good job, um, going through all of my different mediums at a pretty equal rate. I think I've, I pretty equally read, um, the same amount of books, um, for each form of reading, but I actually have like stats and stuff for that. So I think I'm going to talk about that before I talk about um shit I'm like juggling all of these devices and things um I think I'm going to talk about that before I get into the books that I read also especially because I read so many books this podcast is going to be forever long so I feel like anybody that is like January was too long I don't want to hear about it so um this is also going to be equally as long. So, um, for the month of January, I read 17 books like I said. 8 of them were 5 stars, 4 of them or Five of them were four stars. One was a three star, two were two stars, and one was one star. So most of my reads were four and five stars. I don't know what is going on outside, but there is like a very loud truck. Um, the genres, it was mostly thriller. I had some mystery, some romance, some poetry, some other, um, but that's like pretty consistent. Um, my reading, so one, two, three, 
four, five, six were ebooks. One, two, three, four, five, six were physical books. Six were physical. I read six physical books. Um, and then one, two, three, four, five were audiobooks. Audiobooks are normally my biggest, um, that's like normally my biggest category. So the fact that I read so many physically is fantastic. Um, I DNF'd two, potentially three books, which is fine with me. And I'm just kind of flipping through to see the rest of my stats. I, um, read a bunch of my challenge books already. Um, I've traveled to a bunch of states already. Authors. Okay. Here's not great. Um, I read 14 books by white women, one by a woman of color, one by a white man, one by a man of color. I'm currently reading a book that's taking me a long time to get through that is also by a woman of color. So I don't feel terrible about my reading as far as race and such goes, but it definitely could be better. I made a, um, because I want to try to read 20 books by 20 black women and I made a list of a bunch of those kinds of books. So I'm going to try to tackle that as well, um, to diversify my reading. But, um, 11 of them were from the library. Four of them were books I owned, which that I feel like is also impressive. And then two of them were neck alley arcs. So let's get into it. And like thinking about it, I'm like, what were the four that I owned? Because I know I read, I don't know. I'm not really sure what the four I owned were. But anyways, so the first book I DNF'd was Rabbit Hole by Kate Brody. And this was definitely a loss because this was one of the books that I anticipated giving five stars to um and it was just not good I could not get into it it was not the tactile experience I was expecting it was it's based off of reddit rabbit holes and um this girl's sister goes missing and she's like trying to find her and like all this stuff and um you would think that there would be a lot of like reddit stuff and there are like some posts but not many they're very scattered throughout the book and then the rest of the book is just one long stream of consciousness there are no chapters it is just go time and I think it's just like talking about the madness that you get into when you've lost someone and so she's just like spiraling the whole book she's just like sleeping with this guy she just like being a little hooker I don't know it wasn't good and it was really disappointing because I was expecting this really like you know that book or not that book that I think it was a movie I think it was called like Facebook or something I don't think it was called Facebook because I don't think it could be it was talk. it was like friend something and the whole entire movie was like you were in the computer and it was like from the point of view of like being on a computer and like going through you were going through like websites and you were going through chat rooms and you're going through messages and like you're trying to find I think this guy lost his daughter his daughter was missing or something and so he's like trying to find her and it's like you're just on the computer the whole time like that's the whole movie I don't remember what it was called but it that's what I was expecting from this book I was expecting to be like in reddit and like inside the computer and then like bits and pieces coming out and like maybe there being story but like it was just really disappointing. I was really hoping for something more and I think my expectations were just kind of a letdown and I saw reviews that agreed with that sentiment where they were anticipating something that was a little bit more like what I was like expecting and um, because of that it was like kind of a bummer because it was just like literary fiction almost where it's just like going and going and going and it just like wasn't the vibe. So then the next book I need enough is I Didn't Know I Needed This by Ellie Rallo. I 
think I put this on a TBR just because the cover was pretty. It had like conversation hearts on it or something. And I had no idea what this was about, but I just like needed an audiobook. And so I downloaded it and it was fine. But then like I had other audiobooks come up. And so I was like, oh, I'd actually rather be listening to those. And then this one expired. And I just like, it wasn't a book that was meant for me. It's about dating and I'm married. So um, it wasn't catering to me at all. And so there's nothing inherently wrong with the book at all. It just um, doesn't, I don't need to, like, it was fine when I had nothing else to do, but, like, now that I have other things to do, it's, like, I don't need to continue, um, but she did have, I think I only read, like, I listened to, like, five or six chapters, maybe, not very many, and, um, I got a lot of, like, fun little tips and things, and, like, obviously not things that help me at all, because I'm married, but, like, things that I think are helpful to other people, but then I had things that I was, like, a little, like, bummed about, So she said, date your city and your friends, um, which I think is a really good tip. I think that that is something I know, like I started dating my husband when I was 19. I, I like met him in the city that I grew up in. So that wasn't really, um, except like I haven't seen as much of St. Louis as I could have. And I think as I would have, had we not started dating when I was 19, I think had we, um, had we not started dating then, I think there's an opportunity that could have been had that I would have seen more of downtown and things like that. But like you kind of don't need to be going to any of those kinds of places when you're with someone. Like it's fine to go out with friends and things like that. But like at a, at a point, you're not going to like bars to find people anymore. So there's kind of not a point for you to be like bopping around. I don't drink anyway. So like there's not a huge point for me to be like going downtown and like going to bars and things like that. Um, so I did like a decent amount of that before I was 21, um, before I met Tommy, before I, whatever, because I worked downtown sometimes, but, um, I didn't do a lot of that. And so I think like that is a really good thing if you're like not, um, if you, you know, don't have a significant other, like that's a really good thing to do is to just like date your city and to like go and check out like all of these spots and stuff because like then you, that's how you find things, you know, and it would be cool to have been able to be in all of those places and to experience that because you might not experience that when you're in a relationship with someone. Tommy and I rarely go downtown, like we're not down there very often. And like now that we have a kid, like our, you know, interests have changed, like the places that we go to, the places that we like to eat at, the places that we, you know, like to spend our time, like, some of the places we go to because they're kid friendly. Some of the places we go to because if we're going to take Thomas out, like we want it to be somewhere that we really enjoy and we're going to have a good experience. Like we rarely go places like Buffalo Wild Wings anymore because it's one, not that great and two, like not doing that much for Thomas. But we go to places where the food is really good or we go to places where the vibe is really fun for Thomas. Like we went to uh, Tommy wasn't there, but Thomas and I went to Rainforest Cafe and it's like the food is like not great, but the entertainment part for him was like really great and stuff like that. So it's like we're going to choose way differently than if it were just him and I, and I'm really picky. So who knows what we would choose if it were just me, but I feel like that is a really good tip. And then also date your friends, like really like getting to know your friends like I feel like when you are in high school and things like you know your friends way differently than when you're an adult and you're making friends um I feel like it's just 
it's easier because you don't have anything else to do. You're not working. I was, but you're not like working and you're not, um, you don't have the same stresses. You don't have the same obligations. So it's a lot easier to just invest all of your time into the people that you're friends with. And I think that's like a really good thing. And I think that that's something, it's almost like you can't find someone to love you until you love yourself. Like I think like part of loving yourself is like loving where you are and what you do and who you're around and like those things. So I think like basically what she's saying is like, be interested in the things around you and the things that you're doing and the way that you're spending your time. And then like you will also be able to carry that into dating a person. Um, She said, live like you're going to meet your soulmate in a year, which I think is another, it's like very similar advice, but I think it's fantastic. Like that's the coolest thing I think I've ever heard about dating. And I think like, I like, I want to tell this to like my sister or like any girl that's ever like, oh, I just want to find someone. Like I just like, I want to tell this advice to like anyone because I think like if you, if you know that you're going to meet your soulmate, if you know that you're going to meet the person that you're going to marry, like the pressure's off. That's how I felt with Thomas where um, I wanted to have a child my whole life and um, I was defeated because we weren't having one and I was like, I I almost feel like if I knew it was going to happen, like if I knew when I was 35 I was going to have a child, like then I would be okay. Um, But it's like this uncertainty and not knowing that really like messes with you. And so I think like if you just pretend like you just like met some weird mystic psychic and they were like next year, one year from now, you know, January 1st, 2025 you're going to meet the love of your life like you're gonna live your life differently like you're gonna want to do all of the things that you want to do before you settle down with someone like you're gonna want to do silly things you're gonna want to do slutty things you're gonna want to do like all the crazy wild things that you're not gonna want to do necessarily when you're um you know, in a relationship, you're going to want to spend time alone at home, like baking or crafting or just doing like stupid stuff like that. And so I think like if you are living your life in a way where you're not focused on meeting someone, the chances of you meeting someone are going to go drastically up. Like if you are living your life to the fullest, the way that you would be if you knew that you were going to meet your soulmate, you're probably going to find your soulmate. Like that's how it happens. It's like when you're not looking for it, like I just, I feel, I feel really, you know, um, next it says do things alone, which I never had to do because I started dating my husband right out of high school. Um, but doing things alone, I think is another way to like train and like hone your social skills. Because if you are going to a bar alone, if you are going to a pottery making class alone if you are going to wherever if you're going and doing things by yourself one you're comfortable with being alone and so you're not like I feel like this whole fucking podcast is about to be about dating and that's not even something I'm doing um and I feel like you're going to be comfortable doing things alone, which is hard to do when you're single. Like you don't want to do things alone. Like you want to do them with someone else, but I think it's going to make you better at it. And it's also going to, I think, give you confidence when you are out places, whether you're alone or not. Um, She mentioned that her parents taught her brothers how to take care of themselves and also someone else too, but they only taught her basically that someone would take care of her. And so um, I think probably there's like some gender norms that go in here and like gender stereotypes and things where, you know, you want you want your sons to be gentlemen. You want them to, you know, do nice things for their wives in the future. You want them to be good spouses. You want them to be good partners. You want to treat them, 
you know, you sure want them to, you want them to go to college and to get a good job and to be successful, but you also want them to be like good to their spouse versus I think like girls a lot of the time are taught, you know, not necessarily as much to be pushed into jobs and success and things like that and so I think like that's really interesting and so for her like she feels like not only does she not know how to take care of herself but like also she you know doesn't have a partner to take care of her so she's like well then who's taking care of me um she gives a bunch of dating app tips she says make a date within 48 hours of talking which I think is a good tip like if if you're just talking to someone back and forth forever then like what's the point um make your prompts approachable so that's one of the things like all of your like dating questions and prompts and things that people have to answer when they are um like that people talk to you about when you are matching with someone it's like you want you want it to be that like conversation starters you want it to be um something I wish I could remember there's this girl that I follow on like Twitter and Instagram and things um she was like a Ven uh, I was gonna say Venmo she was like a Vine star um and she Hers is like really good. I think it's something about Lunchables or something. I don't know. It's something where you're like, wait, what? And like you want to talk to that person because you want to like put your opinion out there. So I think like that's really important. You don't want to be like, oh, like my favorite color is blue. Like good for you. Um, Not that that's even like an option really, but uh, I don't think, I don't know. (laughs) Um, It's not only about them liking you. That's the thing. So I think like a lot of people are like stressed about dating and things because like they want someone else to like them. But like you also have to like, that person and so like I think a lot of people put like the pressure on themselves that they have to be good enough and it's like they also have to be good enough for you um and then someone said hire a ghostwriter or she said hire a ghostwriter like one of your friends to write your profile for you which I think is really really smart um because I think a lot of times it's really hard to like describe yourself and like sell yourself but it's really easy for someone who loves you to sell yourself it's like really easy for someone who loves you to be like oh my gosh she is the most amazing she is the most blah 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 and like just go on and on and on about you and so to put that in like first person and like write it like you're writing it um I think it's fantastic the the one thing that I had an issue with and this was like the last thing that I like heard in the audiobook she was talking about like you have to be authentically yourself like you're gonna post you know things on the app and whatever but like if you're not being yourself then you're not gonna find some like I don't know whatever she talks about like just being authentic and whatever but One of the things that kind of irked me is she said that you should go have a photo shoot and you should bring a bunch of outfits and you should go to a bunch of places with your friends and have them take pictures of you because it's better to have pictures of you by yourself as your profile pictures, which I get because people don't want to confuse you with other people in the group or you don't want to see, you know, your really hot friend next to you in the group. And so you want to just be the only one. But I personally, if I were on an app and I were trying to find someone, I would much rather see a bunch of pictures with a bunch of people in them or I would rather see a bunch of pictures where you've cropped out all the people and it's like a weird shape picture um than seeing a bunch of like curated pictures where like it's clear that they're fake because I think at some point you're gonna say oh my god all my pictures were fake like and it's not that they're fake because there's still pictures of you and it's not that you're doing anything like catfishy or whatever but it just is like it's not authentic they're they're planned pictures versus like seeing you living and like seeing actual pictures of you I just think that there there's a difference 
Um, so that was the only thing that I didn't like out of all the things that she said. But I also, again, don't have to do it. So maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, I think it's like probably a pretty good book if you, especially audiobook. Um, apparently she's a TikTok star, I guess. Also, that's like her claim to fame. Um, so I think if you have, um, if you are dating or whatever, like I think like listening to the audiobook sounds like a great idea. I have literally no beef with it. I don't have any you know, there's no reason for me to read it. So I'm just not going to like redownload it, but it was perfectly fine. The next book I read is The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Oseman. One of the books that I want to give five stars this year is the fourth book in the series. And this is the first book in the series. So I'm trying to work my way through. I gave this four stars. Um, it was good. I had, there was like a little bit of a pacing struggle for me and it's about a bunch of old people, which is also a bit of a struggle for me. Um, and there were some things it's British, which I also feel like the pacing is just a little off. A lot of people recommend the audiobook, but I can't do that. They said that you miss a lot of the humor if you are not reading it. And I don't know if I just know British humor or if I just know how to read. <laughs> I don't know. Like I can just internally read, um, the way that it's supposed to be read. So I didn't have that problem. Uh, I don't do very well with British narrators. So I feel like reading it physically was perfectly fine for me while reading it as an ebook. But anyways, um, it's about this group of people. It's like these four people basically. And they have a Thursday murder club where they meet every Thursday and they try to solve cold cases from one of their members. And um, while they're in the middle of doing that, there is a crime that happens like somebody is killed and like people kind of keep dying and so they're trying to solve all of it at the same time and um there's also these two police officers that you're kind of getting like their points of view a little bit and you're getting some of their information and um it just it was it was pretty good like it was it was cute like there were moments that were cute there were moments that were fun there were moments that were funny um there were things that I really liked about it there were some things that I was like I think there were some things that it was just a little slow and it was dragging and I just wanted it to be a little bit more like fast paced I wanted it to be a little bit more of a thriller and it's a mystery and it's cozy and it's slow and so I think that's just like a me thing um I have seen everyone say that the first book they give four stars to and the second book they give five stars to and then they stay consistently five stars and I kept being like I'm gonna give this five stars and then I didn't so I think that that is possible that I read the next one and I like that one even more. But I have a bunch of quotes that I think were really good. Um, and they might stir more memories because this obviously was at the beginning of the month. They are on a second bottle. It is 12.15. They drink a lot of wine. After a certain age, you can pretty much do whatever it takes, whatever takes your fancy. No one tells you off except for your doctors and your children. I would never have therapy because who wants to un unravel all of that knitting? I asked her if there was any way I might be able to help. And she said that there was. So I asked her what that way might be and she said if I held my horses I would find out soon enough you always know when it's your first time don't you but you rarely know when it's your final time if you don't cry sometimes you'll end up crying all the time sometimes if I know so and so is sending me flowers I pretend not to be in just so a neighbor picks them up and sees them terrible of me really but I'm sure people do worse some people love their children more than they love their partner says so and so and some people love their partner more than their children and no one can ever admit to either thing that is super real and nobody ever wants to talk about that like the child over spouse debate but 
It's real. Mine was the risk. Mine was the risk of a young man and hers was the risk of a young woman. And that was a greater risk in those days, wasn't it? Thank you so much for, oh, okay, so then this is in the acknowledgments. It says, thank you so much for reading the Thursday Murder Club, unless you haven't read it yet, and you've just turned straight to the acknowledgments, which I accept as a possibility. You must live your life as you choose, <laughs> which I think is funny because it's like, nobody's going all the way back and looking at the acknowledgments first, but he's like, you know what? If that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. And then he said, it is hard working on writing a novel. I'm assuming that's not, that's the case for everyone, although who knows, perhaps someone Rushdie finds it easy, which I think is hilarious because Thomas, or because Thomas, because Tommy loves someone Rushdie, so I think that's really funny because he would agree that he probably doesn't think it's very hard. But anyways, it was good. I really liked it. I need to make sure I keep up the momentum and keep reading and read the second one so that I can get to the fourth one, which is my goal for the year. But um, yeah, it was good. The next book is The Connellys of County Down by Tracy Lang. This is one of the ones that I owned. I was like, I don't know how I read four books that I owned. This is one of the books that I owned. Um, this is a book that I've had from Book of the Month for a while, and I've just like never been super into it because it's just fiction but I knew I would like it if I did read it I gave it four stars so I did like it it is about this girl who is freshly out of prison she helped her boyfriend move drugs across state lines and so she was in prison and she gets out and she goes back home to her brother and her sister and her nephew and it is basically just like about like their family dynamic um I thought it was really, my biggest problem is the characters were really interesting. I was really invested in the characters. I was really invested in the story. Um, I just, I think it was a little rushed at the end. I think like we just flew through some things and I think I would have appreciated more. Okay, here's the thing. The pacing, it was kind of slow. Like it was, it was a little slow. Like the chapters were a little long. There was a little too much time in each character's head each chapter however I don't feel like we got enough of the characters like I would have preferred a more like a larger stretch of time with shorter chapters of each character and then you're just getting like snippets of their days of their weeks of their time um because I felt like I would have built a little bit the book is not that long the book was like less than 300 pages and I struggled a little bit with it um and that's just because it's just like it was so much and so I think like I think I enjoyed the writing. I think I really enjoyed the characters. All of the characters had their own shit going on. Like they were all dealing with different things. And like that was all really interesting. All of the different things that they were dealing with and going through. And I feel like they all like related to each other really well. Um, the Connellys of County Down is a story that their mom made up about them. So like they're the Connellys. I think their family is from Ireland or something. Um, this author, Tracy Lang, her first book is called We Are the Brennans. And I've, I think I've read like a chapter of that book and then I put it back down. But that is about another family, the Brennan family, um, another Irish family. And they have a bar and grill or something. And in this book, they eat at Brennan's one time, which I think is really fun. Um, so I like that the worlds are kind of tied together a little bit. But like that was the only, like that was the only thing that overlapped. Um, and I think that this is a better version of regretting you is it regretting you by Colleen Hoover the one where she like has just gotten out of jail and she's like trying to get custody of her daughter that one this feels very similar to that I just think the, that it's like a better it's better done like it's better writing like it's better characters it's better everything um but obviously this this character doesn't have a kid she's fighting for so that's like the biggest difference but, and there's also a relationship, and I don't give a fuck about the relationship, but 
it was good. I really enjoyed it, and it makes me excited to read We Are the Brennans. I wanted to read them in order, but the Connellys of County Down works for a prompt, so I wanted to read that one first because I needed to, um, but I do want to read the other one because I think that'll be good as well. The next book I read is The Fury by Alex Michaelitis. This was my January book of the month pick, and I was so excited. I freaking love Alex Michaelitis. I've given all of his books five stars, this one included. My dishwasher is going off don't mind it um but he has three thrillers they're all fantastic I love all three of them I think I love this one the most honestly if I'm if I'm fully letting myself feel I think this is the one I had the most fun with I think I read this the fastest I think I had like the most enjoyment whatever whatever so this is about a group of friends that goes to a Greek island and someone dies and it's pretty much just about like the lead up to the trip and the person dying and things like that and it was really good it was I thought it was going to be similar to like and then there were none but it kind of wasn't um but I do think the narrator is really funny the narrator is the whole time like trying to convince you of things and then it's like kind of telling you like hmm this is my version of the events and like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of being an unreliable narrator and you know that going into it, but you still also trust that they know. And he's like pretty much like, well, I mean, I wasn't there, but like this is how I feel like it went down and like things like that. And he's a little sassy. Um, and I just thought it was really good. I don't think that people are all going to like this. It's similar to the maidens where like you kind of just have to go off of the, the vibe. Like if you're not having a good time, then like, once you get to the end, you're probably going to be like, uh, and like maybe give it three or four stars. This one I feel like is like kind of the same thing, but I was in it all the way, like all the way through. I was like, this is great. I love this so much. Um, I loved all the characters. All the characters were like really larger than life. And like some of them were like really important, like fancy and fun. And, um, I just thought like the whole thing was like start to finish. It was really great. And I freaking love Alex Michaelitis and I will read every single thing that man writes because I think he is fantastic and his writing is just so fun. I just have so much fun with it. The next book I read is Swimming Lessons by Lily Reinhardt. I read Megan Fox's poems last month and so I was like I re-remembered that Lily Reinhardt and Kelsey Ballerini have poetry collections. So I went back through and I read them this month. So I read this one and then two books down is Kelsey Ballerini's. So Swimming Lessons, I'll just go ahead and say I like Kelsey Ballerini's better. Kelsey's is called Feel Your Way Through. I liked that one better than Lily Reinhardt's. This is my problem with Lily Reinhardt's. Her her poems feel more like journal or diary entries than poems, which I, I think poetry is very hard to like critique because poetry can kind of be anything so it's hard to say like this feels like a journal entry versus a poem because like they're kind that's the same thing like who's to say it's not a poem um but I feel like she would do way better if she just wrote a book like I think that she's got the the bones for writing and clearly like writing about probably like her relationship with Cole Sprouse because that's like what this was about it seems like very much that this was about her relationship with Cole Sprouse and 
Um, she said that she wanted it to be in the introduction or something. She wanted it to be something that people could relate to. But like most of them weren't relatable. They were like very specific things that happened to her or very specific things in her relationship or very specific feelings that she was happening, having. And not that that's not relatable, but it's just like it was almost almost everything was like too niche for me to like I was literally reading it as her talking about Cole Sprouse. Like, that's what I was reading. I wasn't seeing, like, myself in any of the poems. I wasn't relating to any of the poems because I was just seeing her in them, um, which is fine. It just makes it a little bit less enjoyable, I think, to me because I want to put myself in all of the poems. Like, I want to relate to them. I want to find, like, this life-changing poem that I use, like, quotes from and, like, whatever, you know. So I think that the writing was fine, and I think that she's got – like the bones of making like some sort of story or something um but I just didn't think as like poetry it was like that great um but it was really interesting because it was all about Cole Sprouse (laughs) um it was like them breaking up basically um I'll skip the next one and I'll just go to Kelsey Ballerini's in contrast I feel like Kelsey Ballerini's was more like songs like hers felt like songs so to me they felt more like poems they felt a little bit bouncy and rhymy. It reminded me of like, honestly, I read a lot of fucking Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it reminded me of Dr. Seuss. It reminded me of Shel Silverstein. Um, I do think they were better than Lily's, but she's also a writer. She writes songs. So I feel like that is definitely, you know, a comparison that can be made. Um, but she also uses the word hometown in so much. And I know that her hometown is important to her. She wrote a song about it. I get it. But like it just, it was... It was on repeat so much. Like, it was in so many of her poems. It was, there was just a lot about her hometown. And I was like, look, I do not care about your fucking hometown. I don't care about, like, your hometown is the same as my husband's hometown. And I just don't care. So, um, that was my only beef, really. Um, I think I liked, her, like, I did like hers better. I think I gave, I gave hers three. I gave Lily's two, I think. Um, and I think it was, it, the thing is, is like they just felt a little repetitive. They felt repetitive and it also felt like someone who doesn't necessarily know herself, um, which I think, you know, given the fact that she's gone through like a pretty grueling divorce, like I think that she probably was a little stuck in her marriage. And I think that if she wrote poetry now, it would probably be a lot better because she would probably have some more things to say that she wasn't willing to say then. Um, but I have this... Let's see. I have one I think I wanted to read. Um, It's called Looking Sideways. I had to stop looking sideways, fearing another stride, gaining strength to speed a fictitious finish line. With focus elsewhere, I miss my own victories, accidentally turning strangers to enemies. As I shift my eyes over, my lane is degraded, slowing my stride and turning me jaded, letting what is become reconsidered, creating a contest where no one's a winner. My feet like the asphalt, asphalt, heavy and thick, realizing I will get nowhere like this. My eyes shift back quickly to a trail, mine to blaze, fully enjoying the ride, not the chase. Sensing my maturity, taking its own liberties, even feeling happy for other people's victories. Because a win for someone else makes the bigger journey greater, and another great success is not in turn my failure. I think that I only wanted to read the end because I think I really liked the end of that. And then I also really liked, um, she had another one called If I Had a Sister, which I don't need to read the whole thing. But um, she talks about how like, would her life be different if she had a sister if she had someone that she could like bounce things off of if she had someone that could show her the ropes if she had someone that could be there when her parents were fighting because her parents divorced um if she had someone that could kind of go through everything with her and I think that that is probably a really 
big feeling for someone who's an only child like imagining what your life would be like and how different it would be like I imagine that's like a huge thing like going through something alone versus going through it with a sibling and obviously there's like give and take with being an only child um you're probably way better provided for and um you have way more love and time and attention than children that are in multiple children families but you also don't have a sibling and I think that that is a big deal and I think you know so I thought that one was interesting but anyways I you know I'm really down for all these people to write books I think it's really fun poetry whatever they want to write I think Kelsey Ballerini would be better off writing poetry I think Lily Reinhardt would be better off writing a book um and I think if Kelsey Ballerini wrote poetry now post-divorce post chase stokes all of that like i think like it would be way more interesting because i think it would be deeper i think she didn't go deep enough i think she was like kind of surface level and i think that shows in the fact that she mentioned her hometown 800 times <laughs> because i don't even think she mentioned tennessee very often i think she just kept saying my hometown so you know okay so the next book is meet the benedettos by katie contugno i've read a book by katie contugno before and i really enjoyed it um i think i've read Actually, I think I've read a couple, um, and then I think I've read one that she co-wrote with someone, and I've enjoyed all of them, actually. She's kind of like a YA popcorn writer, but also I think this was adult, so it was romance. So I don't really know what category you put her in, but I think that she flies under the radar. I don't think that she's talked about ever. I don't think her books are ever really mentioned, and I think that's not great because I think that her books are actually pretty good. I enjoy them and I don't even like romance. So this is a Pride and Prejudice retelling-ish. No, I, I don't even need to say ish because it is. Um, all of the characters are pretty much named after the Pride and Prejudice characters. Um, and it's basically like Pride and Prejudice meets the Kardashians. It is about this family who's pretty much famous for doing nothing. They had like a reality show and they're all like you know, really pretty, really whatever, really fancy Kardashian type girls. And, um, but they obviously all have their different interests and whatever, but they also live at home and they're dealing with things. And, um, there are, there's like this family or not family. There's this guy and his friend that live next door. And that is the Darcy and, uh, what is his friend's name? Um, his friend in the, whatever is Charlie. Oh, is it Charlie? Like, gingham or something um bingham something like that um so all of the characters that are in pride and prejudice are pretty much covered in this book um like even down to like her friend and her cousin and like things like that so I feel like it's pretty comparable I've only read pride and prejudice once and I am not like you know obsessed like everyone else I'm not like super versed in it the way that other people might be it didn't bother me at all and I don't feel like it did a disservice to Pride and Prejudice um but you know I'm not the biggest Pride and Prejudice I think I give Pride and Prejudice four stars because it is good for what it is um but I feel like this did a really good job like staying true to that book like like pretty much formatting the same like following the plot points the same like you know, going out of town or, you know, somebody getting, like, uh, her sister getting sick or, like, stuff like that. Like, her sister didn't get sick, but it was, like, kind of, it was a thing. Um, and, like, the, the mannerisms of the characters, like, the, the way that all of the sisters are different, the things that they're doing, I feel like it was all pretty, like, I would almost be interested in hearing someone's point of view that has read Pride and Prejudice because I feel like it was pretty 
pretty well done. Um, and I also found it interesting. Like I, I do, I have been known to watch the Kardashians. So I'm not a Kardashian hater necessarily. Um, in recent years, I've kind of gotten off that bandwagon a little bit, but I, um, appreciate them for what they are or whatever. And so I'm not at all like turned off by that kind of like reading about like those kinds of people. Um, and I found all of the characters like interesting. Like I found the modernization of the story interesting. I found like all of the characters, the way that they were, you know, staying true to the story, but still like with a modern day twist, like the, the thing that the, youngest sister I think is the one that goes through something at the end the one that gets married at the end um of Pride and Prejudice um she has her own thing that's like similar enough but it's different and it's modern and it makes so much sense and it just it just all flowed really well like I felt I it felt real they felt like a family it felt absolutely and it didn't feel weird at all trying to piece all of this together like all these modern happenings together it didn't feel weird at all like it all made sense it all flowed perfectly together and I thought it was pretty freaking good I give it five stars um I think that it's possible that somebody that really likes Pride and Prejudice they could be offended but I thought it was pretty good next I read The Guest by B.A. Paris and I was so anticipating loving this book and I gave it one star I thought it was fucking garbage I hated it so much I think every single book I've read by B.A. Paris I think I've read like four I've given five stars and uh this one I hated <laughs> um and I listened back to the podcast where I talked about this book last I think when I was talking about my five-star predictions or something, and the synopsis I had in my head was not the correct synopsis. It was not what happened in the book. So basically, it is this couple has this friend of theirs show up at their house uninvited and tells them something that's going on in her life, and she stays with them indefinitely. And it is pretty much just about that, and it's about these other characters that kind of all circle around, and someone ends up dead and um yeah that's pretty much it all of the characters were unlikable they were whiny they were annoying and it was just a lot of conversations I was just talking about Pride and Prejudice and I saw a thing once that was like uh Pride and Prejudice is just people going to people's houses and this was just people having conversations this was literally like somebody would be like I I don't know I'm really worried about blah 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 and then wouldn't do anything about it and then somebody would be like oh like I really wish you know blah 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 and then wouldn't do anything about it or like it really bothered me that this person blah 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 and then didn't do it it was just like continually talking to someone else about something and like in so much detail that it's like You think like, okay, in the next chapter, they're going to explain that they did have the conversation, but we don't need to rehash it because they already have this extremely long conversation about it. No, it wasn't that. It was just them not doing anything. So it was all of the characters. It was all of them talking about, oh, well, I should tell them this, but then they didn't. I should go and see this person. And then they didn't. It was just a whole bunch of like would have, could have, should have. And then at the end, there's this like, radical thing that happens at the end where you're like oh and you're supposed to be like oh shit and I was like no this doesn't make any sense this doesn't make any sense for the person that we have been reading about it doesn't make any sense for the story it doesn't make it was just it was so frustrating and I was so let down and I had such higher hopes and I think my version what I thought it was supposed to be like this girl's this couple and like the guy had an illegitimate daughter that showed up and she stayed at their house and she like overstayed their welcome like that that sounds like a better book than what this was this was absolutely fucking horrendous 
Okay, the next book that I read is Knocked Out by My Nunga Nungas by Louise Renison. This is the third book, I think, in the Georgia, what is it? The Georgia something series, whatever, the Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging. Um, I really liked this one. Oh, wait, no, maybe I didn't really like this one. I liked, okay, I gave it five stars. I did really like it. They're in Scotland for a large portion. That was completely unnecessary to me, and I feel like if that wouldn't have happened, I would have preferred for, you know, something else to happen. And then also I feel like towards the end of the this book, it felt like something was, like, finally starting to happen. I feel like the thing about these books is that there's kind of a lot of nothing in them. Like, kind of nothing happens. Um, and I think they're really good and I think they're really funny and she's really witty and smart. Like she's really clever. And so I really appreciate like being in her head. It feels similar to being in Mia's head from Princess Diaries, but Mia is like sweet and, um, kind of dorky and like doesn't feel sure of herself. Whereas Georgia is like, I'm that bitch. And not in a mean way, not in a Regina George kind of way, but in like a, Almost in, what is the girl, Janice, Janice Ian from Mean Girls? She's, she's like that bitch in a Janice Ian kind of way where she's like so sure about herself and she like does not care what anybody else thinks. Um, and like she kind of does like deep down, but like mostly she doesn't. So I have a whole bunch of funny quotes that I thought were great that I'm going to read. But overall, like I just think that they're fun and they're quippy and I just, I just really enjoy them. And I don't care that they were meant for like middle school girls. I think they're fun. Um, in my bed with the usual crowd, Libby and the entire contents of her traveling toy box, scuba diving Barbie, one-eyed Teddy, Pantalizer, Panda the Punk, etc. So I just think it's funny because she always has a share with her sister and, uh, her sister brings 800 toys. What in the name of Sir Julie Andrews is he talking about now? Vati, which is what she calls her dad, made me get off the phone and gave his famous, we are not made of money speech first given in 1846. I hope dad manages to persuade some poor fool to give him a job soon because I am running out of lip gloss. Then along came Mark Big Gob, who I unfortunately made the mistake of going out with in my youth. Well, 10 months ago anyway. I am giving Jazz the cold shoulder as well as Ellen because of them going to the cinema as a gang without the essential ingredient, me. However, my shoulders are making little impression on anyone. Sadly, he didn't do himself a severe injury and so he lives to embarrass me to death another day. As Billy Shakespeare said, to Lippy or not to Lippy, that is the question. Went to the front room, which is warmer than my room. Mind you, so is Siberia. For heaven's sake, it was just a little kiss. I am a teenager. I've got, what's it, lust for life. Also, it was probably my hormones that made me do it. And then in parentheses, it says, officer. How can I concentrate on my French homework, even if I had remembered to bring it home from school with me? It's the bloody moon, for God's sake. We'll get a grip. She's talking about, um... William Shakespeare. Um, what do I think? What does he mean? What do I think? How should I know? If anyone knows what I think, it won't be me. I, of course, will be the last to know. What is the matter with her? If anyone wants to know anything about my life, all they have to do is turn into jazz, to radio jazz, which is funny because she's constantly having issues with Jasmine. I don't think her and Jasmine are very good friends. She does not like Jasmine at all. So we'll see how that goes. There's like 10 books or something. I think I'm only in like the, I'm, I think I'm, I just finished. I think that was the third. So then there's all of the rest. And one of the titles for the book leads me to believe where the story is going based on it being something that a character has said. So I think I know like sort of something that's going to happen. Um, none of this is very important or pertinent, but you know, I think I have a general idea of the direction that we're going. Um, 
but it also feels like that is several books from here and I feel like we're at a point where that could happen now so I don't really understand but anyways I think they're really really fun and it's only making me want to read Princess Diaries more because it's just like reminding me of all that and I really loved that um so I'm for sure probably going to do that after I finish these the next book I read is Only If You're Lucky by Stacey Willingham. This is a thriller that I gave, oh, I didn't put it on here, but I gave five stars to it. So she's definitely redeemed herself. She's got two five stars and one one star. Um, but this is about these girls that live in this house that I guess is technically owned by a fraternity. I don't fully understand how that works, but they're, they're next door to a fraternity and this girl is dealing with the loss of her best friend and she's trying to make new friends and um this guy from her past shows up and it's a little dicey and um I think in the beginning of the book someone's dead I think I think it says it in the synopsis that there's a guy at the frat that dies and um then one of her friends goes missing and it's like this whole thing and it was really it was really um it was good it was like fast paced it was really quick and also it was just entertaining to be in like the situations that they were in. There's there's a lot of scenes or not a lot, but there's a lot where they're they go to like this bowling alley that one of them works at and they're there like after hours and just like picturing that like college kids hanging out in a bowling alley after hours is just like really funny to me. Um and a lot of the just like frat parties and just general like debauchery I feel like is really fun and um this is this I mentioned this with um an Emma Lord book recently I feel like although I don't know when I read that book um I feel like this is like what I want to read I want to read like this age characters because I feel like then it's not like so much like the things that happen when like you're a teenager and it's not so much like all of the heavy adult stuff like this is just like the fun like like really silly college years I will say the main character she read like she was like 30 um which wasn't great for the rest of the story because I kept forgetting like she would like talk to her mom I was like what the fuck is her mom calling her like she's an adult like what is going on and I was like oh she's like 21 <laughs> like this is like she's a lot younger than I thought um but I think it's just because she like read a little bit too old but other than that I had a really good time I really enjoyed it and it was fun and simple and I liked the end um the end was a little bit not out of left field, but it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. I was kind of like getting to that and I was kind of like picking up pieces, but I wasn't in, like expecting all of them. And so I thought that, that was really well done um, because sometimes as in a flicker in the dark, this bitch, she puts in the first fucking chapter who did it and it's really annoying. So um, I feel like even finding it out, it like didn't spoil anything and I wasn't even able to put it all together. So I feel like it was great. Next, I read The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell, and I'm so mad at myself that I didn't read this last year because it was so fucking good. It was so, so good. Her writing is so amazing. I don't like historical fiction. I don't like historical anything. I don't care about history, but she writes so well, and it's so, like, palatable and entertaining, and I felt like I was just, like, watching a TV show or watching a movie or something, and I know about myself that I enjoy, like, the movie The Other Boleyn Girl, like, I enjoy, like, those kinds of things. I think I would, like, Rain if I ever watched Rain. Um, I like, you know, like, shows like that I think I could get behind and, like, things like that I think I enjoy. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't ever watch whatever. I don't know. But I know about myself that I enjoy this sort of, like, 
time period, I guess. It's like takes place in like the 1500s or something. Um, but just the idea of reading something and like, I, I don't care. I don't care about any of these people. Like, I don't care to know about, like, dukes and duchesses from the 1500s. Like, I would not have ever cared about these people. But upon reading this book, I was, like, frantically Googling them and wanting to know more about them. And I was so hype about it. And that's so silly because, like, there's very, like, not very little. But there's, like, not a ton of information about these people because it was from so long ago. But then it just makes me think about all of the people that I don't think about or I don't know anything about um from history otherwise and it makes me like kind of excited about history but I don't like history so it doesn't like it it stops pretty much there like I think about like oh my gosh I should look into like other people and like whatever and then I don't it reminds me a little bit when I was reading the what book was I reading a thousand whatever that Cal book is um a thousand a thousand sunsets or something um, I was like asking Tommy about it and he was like telling me all this stuff about like Palestine and Israel and Iran and Iraq and like all of these things. And I was like, I was like infatuated. I was like, this is amazing. But it's cause he like could tell me in like a way that was palatable and like he could tell me in a way that was like entertaining to me and he could like cut out all the stuff that wasn't entertaining. And so that's how this is. But the, her writing is so good. It's so, it's so good. And all of like the story and like she says at the end like in the author's note like she took some liberties like she changed some things like instead of you know them moving from this house to this house and then this house they only moved one time because it was easier for continuity and things like that so she like cleaned up some of the story obviously and like she changed some things but even just talking about like she went to Italy. She had multiple trips to Italy to talk. I haven't even talked about what this fucking book is about. This book is about uh, Lucretia Day something, and she was a duchess of um, the Duchess of Ferrera or something. She was married to the Duke of Ferrera, um, and she was born to the Duke and Duchess of Tuscany, I think. Um, so it takes place in Italy, and it's like this whole thing like she's like super super young she's like 13 or something when she got married to this guy her sister was supposed to marry him her sister died and so she had to marry him and so it's like all about like her marrying him and like whatever um and like her life and she I don't know if it's a spoiler I don't think it's a spoiler I don't think it I I don't want to spoil it I don't want to spoil anything about it because it's really good so I'm not going to say it but it's good. Like there's things that happen and it's really, really good. And I think you find out in like the first couple chapters, like what's going on. Um, but it's, it was really, really good. And, um, I just, I, I had such a good time. It was the only word I feel like I can use to describe my reading experience is like delicious. Like it was just so like, like picking it up was just like so happy and satisfying. And like, I, I don't often feel like I put off reading books because I don't want them to end, but I kind of felt like I put this one off a little bit. I kind of slowed down. I like flew through the first half. It's like a chunky book and I flew through the first half and then the second half I was like, um, I'm going to read something else. And I like picked something else up and I just like kind of like prolonged it a little bit, but I eventually read it. And like, I cannot, I, I cannot like state enough like how how big of a deal it is for me to read and enjoy historical fiction because it is just truly not my genre but anyways um I really freaking loved it Maggie O'Farrell is that bitch and I'm gonna read she's got a couple books on her backlist that I haven't read I think one of them is like a memoir though so I don't really know 
I don't know. She also wrote Hamnet, if I didn't say that before, and that was about um, like William Shakespeare and whatever, and that was really fantastic as well. I think I only gave that on four stars, but I think if I read it physically, I might have a different opinion, um, but I'm going to go through now. I have a couple tabs, not that many, but I have a couple tabs in the book, and I want to talk about them. I'm so glad I bought this too. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I on a whim, I think if there was like a Barnes and Noble sale and I was like looking and I didn't see anything that I wanted and I knew, I knew based on my experience reading Hamnet that I probably would enjoy this and it would probably be a book worth owning versus like a stupid popcorn thriller that I would probably not want to read again or like a romance or something that I'm just gonna like not care. But like books like these I can absolutely read over again like down the line and like they're books that I'm gonna like think about down the line and stuff so I'm so glad I bought this um it says okay so when she was when she was being conceived like when her parents were conceiving her um her mom was like focusing on like maps and things and she blames that on her like having a wild spirit because she said um let's see how could she have known that a child born of this coupling would be unlike any of the others all of whom were sweet in nature and agreeable in temperament so easily forgotten in the moment the principle of maternal impression later she will chastise herself for her distraction her inattention it has been drummed into her by physicians and priests alike that the character of a child is determined by the mother's thoughts at the moment of conception and i just thought that was really interesting and i don't know if that's true or not i don't really think I don't really think I had any thoughts, so I don't think I was, like, thinking about anything else. So I don't think uh, I've done anything to Thomas's temperament, but I thought that was very interesting. When the knock came at the door, Sophia's head jerked up. She looked at the door. She looked at Lucretia. Then she did a strange thing. She carried on counting linens. Lucretia saw the two younger nurses exchange puzzled glances, but they knew better than to answer. This was Sophia's dominion, and no one would open the door with her. This, okay, so this, I probably shouldn't have read. This only is important for what is happening in the situation, so just whatever. Um, but it was like a badass fucking move, so there's that. Um, let's see. Um, oh, this is when she's getting married, and she's in a church. She says, she's trying to figure out how she's going to be able to paint it and, like, recreate it from her memory. And she said, is, and is it not incredible that a building of plain stone can conceal such a heart as this, a kernel of glory, fire, and gold? And I think that that's really interesting because a lot of times churches are just, like, stone on the outside, and then they're beautiful on the inside. Um, and I think that that is nice because it's unassuming. It's supposed to be like that. Um... She is doing embroidery. She turns the hoop over and inspects the other side. She has always had a secret liking for this part of the embroidery. The wrong side. Congested knots, strations of silk, and twists of thread. How much more interesting it is with its frank display of the labor needed to attain the perfection of the finished piece. So I think this is so fun because that is like one of the things is like you don't want the other side to be super ugly like you don't want the back side to be like fucked up and you know it is but it's almost like more interesting because you see like the process versus the finished piece like obviously you want it to look really nice if you're going to display it or put it on a pillow or whatever you're going to do with it and like you want it to look nice but at the end of the day like Nobody is going to know that like you did it while you were binge watching a TV show or you did it while you were like listening to an audiobook or, um, you know, like you're really bad mess ups on the one side or because, you know, you were, I don't know, in the car when you were doing it or on a road trip, you know, stuff like that. Like, I think it's just like, it kind of like holds memory a little bit. And I think that that's really cute. And I liked that a lot. Um, she thinks of how, had this not happened, had Maria not contracted the disease, um, this could have been Maria in this room, in this bed, in this marriage, in this mirror, not her. Um, so she's like looking at herself in the mirror. And um, that is like kind of wild because it's like 
her sister was supposed to be the one that he married and instead it's her. And so it's like weird to like kind of see outside of yourself and think like this could have been someone else and not me. And like, what would, what would she have done? What would this be like? Um, her brothers by contrast were trained as rulers. They have been taught to fight, to argue, to debate, to negotiate, to outwit and outmaneuver, to wait, to spot an advantage, to scheme and manipulate and consolidate their influence. They have been schooled in rhetoric and narrative and persuasion, both written and verbal. Every morning they are drilled, blah, blah, blah. They've taught to fight, blah, 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 blah. And then it's talking about how, like, none of the girls were taught that. Like, it was not whatever. And that is similar to the, um, whatever that dating book was where she was talking about how her siblings trained her brothers for a sort of life and trained her for a different one. And I just thought it was really interesting. But it was probably the best book I read all month. I, I don't know. Looking at this, I don't remember all the other books, but um, it's probably the best book I read all month. And I thought it was just like absolutely fantastic. I will not stop thinking about it. And I will read everything that she writes because I just think she does such a, and it's, and oh, that's the other thing. Oh, okay. So not only, so like I read it and then I was like, oh my God, I just like want to know more. And she, she's talking about in her note where she was like saying, that she went to Italy to get like research and do research for um, the book and like to go to these places and to, to see like the history of these people and things like that. Um, so I think that's really cool and uh, something I would never want to do. Like I would never want to write about like something in history and then have to go and do all of that. Like that's entirely too much work for me. Um, but I really appreciate the people like her that want to do something like that because that seems insane. But then also she talks about um, – there's a poem called My Last Duchess by Robert Browning, which I was so psyched that I already had known. Like I already have read that poem before. Um, and it is alluded that My Last Duchess is from – uh, is his name Alfonso? I think his name's Alfonso. The husband. It's from the husband's point of view, and it's about Lucretia Day, whatever her name is. And so I thought that was really cool because that's a poem that I know. And like I don't know, it's just these people are not people that are talked about. It's not like they're not talking about like Michelangelo. They're not talking about. Um, although they did talk about Michelangelo in this book a little bit, um, but they're not talking. It's not like William Shakespeare, which the last one was obviously. But it's not. It's not about people that like you've heard of. it's about people that like some people people that enjoy history they've heard of um and there's like a fascinating story there which this is but um it's not someone that someone like me has heard of so it makes it really enjoyable because I felt like I was reading something really riveting um and it's just somebody recreating a book about someone's life and I think that's really cool um and so like god bless Maggie O'Farrell and hopefully she just keeps writing and I'll just keep learning things because that's great that's the best thing about reading next I read Persepolis by Marjan Satropi this is a graphic novel but it's like a memoir in graphic novel form and it's about this girl from Iran who um is like experiencing all of the changes that are happening to her religion and all of the changes that are happening to her country and all of the battles and I am not good at history so I can't tell you anything that's happening um other than it's good and I think it's like honestly like with given what is going on right now I think it's like kind of important to read um and there's a bunch more in this um I guess like I don't, I don't think it's a series, but, like, she's got a couple other ones that I think continue the story because it ends on a cliffhanger, and I was like, what the fuck? Um, but it's pretty much just, like, little comics that are, like, a couple pages long that, like, detail something that's going on. So she talks about um, just, like, 
She talks about like when things start getting banned. She talks about when they had to start changing how they dress. She talks about um, when you know certain people got out of prison, when certain people went to prison, when certain people um, went and protested, um, when she went and protested, just like things like that. And it was really really interesting. Um, she it talked about the different the difference between social classes. I don't remember what the difference between social classes was. But it also, there was something that said, if it's God's will, then blank will happen. And then blank would happen just like whatever. And so then they take it as a sign that they can do it. I don't know. It was just very interesting. And I am not doing it justice at all. Um, graphic novels aren't normally my thing. And I'm sure they're not most people's things. But I think, like, it was an interesting way to get this information. I think that, like, I would need to, like, consult my husband and, like, fully understand things. Because I think there were a lot of things that went over my head. There are sirens going off. Um, I think there were a lot of things that went over my head, but I think it was good. So, I don't know. Next, I read The Heiress by Rachel Hawkins. This is a thriller. I gave it five stars. I really enjoyed Rachel Hawkins' writing, um, except for, like, one of her books. I really enjoyed all of them. And this was so good. I can see people not liking this though. And honestly, I'm listening to The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo right now and it almost feels similar-ish to that. And so I don't know if there was like some inspiration taken, but it's about, it's about this couple that this, like the, the husband has inherited this house, like this estate basically from his mom who's died, um, and he doesn't want it. He doesn't want his inheritance. He doesn't want the house. He doesn't want anything. And he has family members that still live in the house. And they're, like, trying to fight him for the house. And they have to go to the house for something. And it's kind of, like, about all these twists and turns. And then in the meantime, you're reading – you're getting letters from his mom. And you're not really sure who they're to until, like, close to the end. Um, but you're getting letters from his mom. And she's kind of detailing her life a little bit. Um, she was – it was, like – it's kind of – a lot of stories summed together because it's like she was taken when she was younger like the Lindbergh baby and she's like got parents that are like wealthy and what like things like that so it made like headline news and it was like a really big deal um and then like also like she had been married like four times and it was rumored that she had like killed her husbands and so she kind of goes through each of her marriages and I just thought it was very interesting and very well done and I was hooked to like the whole thing and like you could tell that each character had like a little bit of something off like there was a little bit of something that they were hiding um and so you're like kind of waiting for that like reveal but I think it was all really interesting and um, I really liked it. It was just like a fun thriller. I think I think people like people are harsh on Rachel Hawkins books. Like I think like people um, dismiss them. I think I don't know. But I think that they're good. So I don't know. Um, but there's one thing that said there was like one quote where it says it makes sense because I made it make sense, which sounds like my husband um there's something let's see what else there was something else lightly internet stalking your husband's strange family um which I would absolutely do I think I think that was I was like self-inserting myself into this because I was like putting like myself in this and I was like okay so like this is what I would do and like because she like she's like got fake social media profiles so she can follow all of their family that they like he doesn't talk to and stuff and I was like oh I could totally see me doing something like that like that would be just the right kind of crazy for me. Um, there's like one part where she says like, you don't think I can handle handle Malibu T 
tan Barbies or something. She's like, I grew up in Florida or something, which I thought was funny. Um, and I think that's it. So I don't know. I thought it was really good. Um, I liked the way that it ended. I liked the way that everything kind of shook out. I think there was like a little bit something that was like, okay, whatever. Um, but I think ultimately, like, I feel like it was really good and I really enjoyed it. Then I read Out There by Kate Folk. This is short stories and I wanted to give this a bad rating. Like I wanted to give it a two or a three, but I gave it a three and then I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking about it and I was thinking about how it tied together and I was thinking about how some of it I didn't even like process in the time and it went over my head a little bit and then like thinking about like the themes and the metaphors and stuff and then I was like okay fine so I gave it a four so this is a bunch of short stories by this one person which I think is probably my key if I'm gonna read short stories it's got to be by one person versus a bunch of people but one of the books I want to read this year has a bunch of people so we'll see how that goes anyway it's about this girl it's or it's this girl this girl wrote all these. Okay, anyway, they're not all connected. Um, they don't have anything to do with each other. But they're set in the future, and it kind of felt like you were getting futuristic fairy tales. That's kind of what it felt like. It felt like futuristic fairy tales. And they were really, really fucking weird. So the first one, which is out there, which is like what the book is called, it's like in the future there are these, I think they're called blots, and their job is to seem like the perfect man so that you date them and then they steal all of your like data like they steal all of your like um uh like they hack into like all of your accounts and steal like all of your money and all of your everything and like steal your identity and things like that um so that's the first one um there's one called the last woman on earth which i thought that was really fascinating just like imagining what life would be like when like there's like all these men and there's like one woman left that was really interesting um heart seeks brain is about um like if we instead of like being like oh like I'm an ass man I'm a I'm a boobs man like I I really like you know thighs I like whatever it's like oh I'm a heart guy or like I'm a I'm a gut health like whatever (laughs) it's like stuff like that um where it's like, oh, I like capillaries and like, it's just like weird. Um, the void wife, um, I don't know the shelter. I don't remember the head in the floor was fucking weird. Tahoe. I don't. Oh, I do remember. I don't know. The bone word was so weird. It's like your bones disintegrate at night. Doe eyes was absolutely fucking weird. It's like this girl that wants to be shot by a hunter um the house's beating heart was weird oh the shelter I just remembered I think was it the shelter I don't know a lot of these are weird um a scale model of gull point that one was weird it's like this girl's like locked in like the top floor of like a hotel and all these people die and she's like the only one left um let's see the moist house was fucking weird it was like a house that had to stay moist uh the turkey rumble and then big so I don't know they were all just really really weird and they're out there which I think is like fitting for the title because I just now put that together that they're out there um but they are they're very weird and unsettling and kind of creepy and kind of gross and um I don't know who like would like this I don't know who to like recommend this to or whatever but like 
it was weird and like it's interesting and like I said it was kind of like unsettling fairy tales and so I think like for that like you know that's kind of the best description I can give but it was pretty freaking weird but I didn't hate it and like I found myself thinking about it and I found myself reflecting on some of the stories and some of the messages and some of the things and I was like okay like I get it it's fine next I read Nowhere Like Home by Sarah Shepard this was an arc that was just given to me I didn't ask for it but I have previously tried to read Sarah Shepard's backlist I loved all the Pretty Little Liars books but her the rest of her books I have a hard time with and this was no exception um this one I feel like had the best writing compared to the other ones that I've read of hers like this was the one that I was able to hang on to the longest but I wanted to DNF it at many points and I wish I would have just done that obviously reading it helps my net galley score because I'm able to leave a review about it but it was just like it never got better really um and I just didn't enjoy a lot of it um I I've said this before but I feel like if you're like anticipating the next um point of view then like clearly like there's like a balancing issue and I felt like up until like the halfway point or so like nothing happens and it's really tedious and then once you get there like what you think is going to happen isn't what happens and like a lot of it doesn't matter it's a lot of info dumping it's a lot of stuff that doesn't actually matter and the stuff that does matter doesn't really make sense um and it's like all a little weird and wacky and I feel like that's like what Sarah Shepard like Sarah Shepard wrote Pretty Little Liars like she's weird and wacky like she comes up with crazy ass shit um that doesn't make sense (laughs) like you would go to the police by now like this doesn't make any sense but um she I don't know it's like this girl who had a baby and she's struggling and so she goes she's a friend that is at this like commune which is really like kind of like a cult uh but it's not really a cult um but it's like a commune where there's these other women and she brings her kid and she's in the middle of the desert and she's kind of stuck there and there's like something happening and there's also like flashbacks and like the timelines don't make any sense like there's a lot of flashing back and forth which is really annoying to me um but yeah overall I did not enjoy it and I was happy it ended and I thought that the ending was a little like stupid um but there was one quote if she lived her life backwards she'd do everything right which I think is interesting because obviously we all would and so I think it's funny to think about like you know it's okay to make mistakes because if you were to live your life in the opposite direction then you wouldn't make any mistakes and you wouldn't have a life to live then we finished Harry Potter by JK Rowling this obviously doesn't need an explanation um but we were reading it with Thomas and at bedtime and it took us forever um because half the time we're watching a movie with thomas or something or thomas doesn't want to read harry potter but i think it's it's kind of interesting because we just started reading the second one and he's kind of into the second one um he like the first chapter uh i don't think he realized that the chapter like the beginning of the chapter it had a picture um and so like the first chapter of the second book uh there's a picture of harry and then the second chapter there's a picture of dobie uh and i know i say that wrong but ignore me um and Thomas always wants to see Harry Potter like we're reading and he's like he's like Harry Potter and he makes Tommy turn it back so he can see it so he's kind of more into it than um he just seems like way more interested in it and I think that that's really fun and I don't know what the change is but he's also kind of more interested in things he's watching now and he's kind of more interested in everything and I just I should not have fed I just fed Molly and that was fucking stupid because now I can hear her in the background uh, but I think I'm almost done. So, um, yeah, it's just fun. Uh, we love Harry Potter, obviously, in this house, even though J.K. Rowling is what she is. But 
Um, it is part of my childhood. It is part of my relationship with Tommy. And it is now going to be a part of Thomas's childhood. And I don't feel sorry about that. So, um, we are going to just like, I assume go through the books. I think that we'll be able to get through them before he's like super cognizant of what's happening. And then we'll read them again, obviously when he's bigger. But I think for right now, we're just going to keep going through because we started and there's no reason for us not to, because he's not paying that much attention anyway. So then I read The Fiance Farce by Alexandria Belfler. I loved this. This was so cute. It kind of reminded me of Cinderella a little bit, but like if you add in like a marriage of convenience trope plus like books, I don't know. It's about this girl who works in a bookstore and she sees um this like there's this girl on the cover of a book of like a romance book or whatever and so she lies and pretends that she's dating her because like her family won't get off her back about who she's dating and she says she's dating her and then she's at a wedding and that girl ends up showing up at the wedding and everybody's like oh my god oh my god and everybody's freaking out because she's kind of a celebrity and she like the she sees the girl and the girl like she like tells the girl like I'm really sorry I used you like play play along and she's like okay well actually like what if you're my fiance or something and she like proposes to her kind of and she like kisses her and like all this stuff and whatever I don't know um but it's basically like she this girl is like set to inherit her family's company but she has to be married first so she agrees to marry this girl um, because she seems like a perfectly nice girl and she's like helping her out and whatever. And, uh, the girl in return is getting money so that she can buy the bookstore that she works in because it was in her family and her stepmother wants to sell it and her dad's dead. And like, that's where like the Cinderella of it all comes. And she like, doesn't really get along with her step sibling, things like that and whatever. So that's pretty much it. And it's just, it's so, it was like delightful and it was so cute. And it was like, there was like a little bit of like sex. Like I don't really care about sex and romance, but there's like a little bit of sex, but there's not like too much. It's not too at the top. It's more cutesy and like just fairy tale than anything. And, um, there's like a lot of characters. There's like a lot of people that you're keeping up with. Um, the, like fancy rich girl she has like a really core friend group that she like lives with and they're really involved in the story and like that was really fun uh there's this one part where her like I think he's gay is like I feel like I'm in a Taylor Swift song because it's called getaway car uh they're like doing something about they're like in a getaway car basically and then something happens and he's like this would not happen in a getaway in a Taylor Swift song um and it was really funny but then the only, the only issue I had with this book, and it's something that writers have a really hard time with, is they made the characters too similar and do similar mannerisms. And there's one specifically where they said they put the heel to the hand, they put the heel of their hand to their chest to like stop the pain. And nobody does that. Nobody does that. I don't do that. Um, and it just, it was something that both characters did. And it's not something that like both characters would do not everybody handles like oh my god I'm so upset like not everybody handles that the same way and like definitely like putting your the heel of your hand to your chest to like stop like that is that is a very specific move that someone is doing and maybe lots of people are doing but like not two people that are like dating there's no way um so that was awesome Melanie beef um but overall it was really fun it was like whimsical cute loving like it was all the things it was great I had no problem it was like a great like movie or something 
And then the last book I read is Dear Wife by Kimberly Bell. This was a thriller. I gave it four stars and it was fine. It was, um, there's like this woman who's gone missing and her husband is accused of abusing her and like he's a suspect. And, um, then there's also this, you're getting a woman's point of view and she's assumed to be the woman missing but like you kind of know that that's not where it's going and I figured out my computer's about to die I figured out like pretty close or like pretty close uh, pretty close to the end I figured out like what was happening and the whole time I was trying to figure out what was happening so I think that's good um but I was like trying to pinpoint like who each character actually was to each other and things like that and like if they were even really communicating with each other or if it was just like you were assuming that based on the same conversation that another person was having and it was just it was kind of interesting in that regard um the ending was like a little much but it was good and um I enjoyed like it was like kind of twisty even though I kind of figured it out and it was like it was just like a perfectly fine like domestic thriller um and Kimberly Bell is just like perfectly fine to me I think her books are probably just like eh, okay and they're like a little bit there's like a little bit out there there's there were like some things where I was like why is this relevant why is this pertinent why are we doing this this seems like too much and it almost got to the point where I wanted to DNF it because I was like this is going nowhere for no reason <laughs> like this is too much information that I don't need but it ended up being fine and it all worked out. So that was good enough for me. So now that I've been talking for two hours and you can hear Molly eating in the background, that's all the books that I read this month. In the month of February, um, I'm reading and I spent a decent amount of this month reading The Adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi. I want to DNF it every day because it's so much it's taking me so long to read but I also have tabs in it because it's good so it's like I think I'm just like I just don't have the patience for like fantasy and it's like fantasy it's about pirates it's like you know whatever but it's like one of the best books like last year like her like as an author like she's one of the best authors like she's like like it's like a really big book so it's also really big, but it's like a big book. Like it's like a book that a lot of people really enjoy. So like I'm really trying, like I want to do it. I want to get through it, especially because I'm like halfway through now and it's like I could just power through through the rest. Um, and I'm not, it's not, I'm not having, it's not that I'm not enjoying it. I'm perfectly enjoying it. It's just, there's a lot, it's set in the Middle East. It's set, um, actually I don't know where it's set because they bounce all around on their little ship, but it's set somewhere and they a lot of the words a lot of the places a lot of the things that they say it's like almost every other word like I don't know what it means and so it's almost like one of those books where I need to like have a dictionary and I'm like checking but I'm kind of just like reading and like filling in the (laughs) filling in the blanks because I'm kind of just trying to like keep going because I I don't want it to become work and so I just am trying to like get as much of an understanding as I can and for the most part I am um but it I am reading it super slowly because I'm not fully understanding so it's taking me a while to like process everything and like go through everything but I do have a lot of tabs because I do think the writing's really good I do think it's really interesting um and I don't have any doubt that it's good Um, but I just kind of want to DNF it because I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's taking me so long. Um, and then I am, I, I might be DNFing No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall because it's a thriller that's going nowhere and I think it's going to stay going nowhere. And I think like 
the reveal at the end is going to be very minimal and it reminds me of Stacey Willingham but like in a bad way so I don't know I'm also reading Wild at Heart by Kay Tucker this is the second book in the Simple Wild series and I never got around to reading the next one I want to DNF this one a little bit too because they're so immature but I also just like want to read it because I think I like there's some parts of it that I do like and then I'm also reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid and I also want to DNF that because I'm listening to it I'm having a fine time like I'm having a fine time I'm listening to it we're going it's great it's great and then at a point she said something that reminded me that none of this matters because this woman is not real and I was just like why am I listening to just this detailed autobiography like autobiography or biography of this woman who isn't real <laughs> like why am I doing this this is so stupid um so I had a moment but it's kind of circled back around and it's gotten interesting again so I think I'm gonna try I think I'm gonna try people love this book like people love it and like I really enjoyed Taylor Jenkins Reid I've given so many of her books five stars like I can't imagine disliking this book but I'm so it makes me almost angry that I'm reading it because I'm like what am I doing so I'm clearly not enjoying anything that I'm reading really at this moment so I don't really know um but I have all of my books out well not all of them but a bunch of them out that I can see them now and then I've been utilizing the library pretty well so I've been trying to read physically and I would like to keep that up and uh this fucking pirate book is like hindering that a little bit because that's what I'm reading physically um maybe I'll see if there's an audiobook for that and I'll switch to the audio now that I kind of understand more of what's going on I wonder if I could do that uh I don't normally like shift the way that I'm reading but if I need to I might um but I have a ton of book of the month books I need to read and I'm getting two more because my birthday book comes in this box and I have just like a ton of books and all, almost all of my books, my, my readable ones, the ones that, that are like, you know, books I could like conceivably read, they're all out and I need to start making some more of a dent in them. So we'll see. And then I'm also currently, I have tabs open that I'm looking at books that are coming out in the month of April because I'm just like always got to be reading what's new. So anyways, until next time, friends. Ciao.